Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special emergency episode of the Trans Questioning Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. So I call this an emergency episode. It's not really an emergency. I guess that's just meant to uh, grab your attention. Um, nothing has happened to me specifically. I'm not in an emergency, and I don't have any like breaking news or special sort of considerations or anything. It's more that I... I'm in a state of uh, feeling like there's an emergency and I need to talk about it um, and I don't want to wait two weeks to talk about it. I want to say straight at the top that this episode is going to be depressing and uh, stressful um, and I know most of my listeners are trans or non-binary or people who are close to trans non-binary people and um I imagine most of you are feeling kind of the same stress that I am right now. And so a lot of this is going to be parroting what you already feel. Um, and maybe right now you're feeling like you just want to escape from this stress. So uh, maybe skip this one if that's where you're at. But um, I'm going to try to work through some of what's going on right now. And how I feel about it. And um, I'm hoping to find some kind of catharsis in in this little exercise. I'm going to try not to talk for too long because, you know, it's... <sighs> there's already been so much said. And I don't know how much I can say that hasn't already been stated, you know, endlessly. So I'm recording this October 25th at uh, 9.22 a.m., and uh, the last few days, a number of wonderful, wild, terrible things have happened. Um, obviously, uh, earlier this week, the DHS released their memo, you know, trying to codify the gender binary in in uh, in uh, Title IX, so that um, transgender people don't have any sort of recognition legally, um, you know, your gender is based on your birth sex, people who have undergone transition for, for years and have their name and, and uh, birth certificates amendment amended, uh, those no longer are valid, that sort of thing. Now, that's uh, one thing that I didn't really cover when I talked about it earlier this week. Um, I guess technically yesterday for me recording now, I don't know if I'm going to post this episode today, but I might. But one thing I didn't talk about was that, you know, the, that memo is not like, it's not, it's not a law. It's not proposing like a law necessarily. It's proposing an amendment. And the, the administration can't just do that. I mean, it, when has that stopped anybody in this administration? But there are things that have to happen first before, like they can't just, you know, the president can't just say, these are the new guidelines and make it, make it so, um, there, there's a, there's a process involved. And I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a scholar. I don't, of, uh, of law. I don't know what the process actually looks like. And I'm not, I'm not here to debate any of that specifically. Um, what I want to say about that is that whether or not it's codified into law, it's, clearly a gesture towards the rest of the world. And I think that's what it's meant for. Um, probably it won't get very far in, uh, uh, in terms of actually being recognized, but it's a symbol 
uh, or it's a dog whistle to all of the transphobes out in the world that, um, you know, the, the, the administration of the 45th president is uh, behind them. And that if push comes to shove, you know, the, the reigning attitude is that trans people are people who are failing to meet sex stereotypes. But yesterday, a couple of other new things happened. Um, the Department of Justice issued a, uh, a statement to the Supreme Court that businesses can discriminate against workers based on their gender identity without violating federal law. I'm not entirely sure how that works It's in terms of, like, I didn't think that you could just tell the Supreme Court, you know, this is how things work now. I thought it was like the other way around. I don't know. Again, I'm not a legal scholar. I don't know how these things work. But uh, if true, that's pretty bad. And, you know, this this particular article at um, Bloomberg goes into some detail about um, how the, a couple of different cases are looking to uh, to define this sort of battle for legal recognition of transgender people. And of course, we have a new Supreme Court justice in Brett Kavanaugh, who is a shill for the administration, um, who has publicly said that, you know, the 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 accusation against him by uh, Dr. Blasey Ford uh, that, you know, she, he sexually harassed her uh, and then the several other women who have come forward and accused him of, of sexual harassment, um, that that was just a, a cover uh, like a, a false flag thing that was orchestrated by the Democrats uh, to, as a as a fucking what as a whatever a distraction you know a way to ruin the reputation of a good man Ugh. just the idea of a Supreme Court justice who has gone on the record saying that you know to the the entire world uh, in a public hearing that that was being watched by millions of people that that's 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 not great that's not good this is probably not a person who is going to come down on the side of uh the transgender agenda so basically what's being said with this department of justice uh ruling or or uh, statement whatever is that employers can fire people for uh presenting as not their birth gender birth sex and uh they will not be facing any sort of professional uh, uh, legal ramifications for that. I feel like I shouldn't have to explain why that's not good and doesn't make any sense because like it's if a person who is fired should be fired because they did a bad job. Like they're a bad employee. The idea that somebody can be fired for a cosmetic appearance is fucking ridiculous. Now there's argument that there are certain situations where physical presentation is important. And I don't know, I don't even really buy that, but there's, 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 it gets complicated at the edges, whatever. One of the cases involves a, uh, a funeral home, uh, with a trans person. And they, the, this person was fired because, uh, you know, she's, distracting to the mourners and i don't buy that for a second but you know that's why am i defending this this is stupid it's it's bad it's not good there's no defense for it people shouldn't be fired for 
uh, for for cosmetic problems. The idea of like workplace presentability is nonsense and just a way of like making people conform to uh, an artificial normal so that they'll behave well and you know let themselves become part of this machine that doesn't want them to feel like human beings. Because if you feel like a human being, you feel like you have rights and that you deserve certain protections and like good health care and a a decent living wage and, you know, not be forced to work uh, uh, overtime all the time uh, without compensation, stuff like that. Uh, I'm looking at you, video game world. Um, Incidentally, uh, video game employees, uh, workers, laborers really need to unionize. But everybody needs to unionize. There needs to be a Walmart union. There needs to be a McDonald's union. There needs to be unions for everything. There needs to be a a content creator on the internet union. And that's tough. Like, what does that even look like? But the other thing that happened yesterday that's like legitimately, really, truly, holy shit frightening is that several uh, important people in the Democratic Party, uh, there were attempted bombings. There were mail bombs sent to them. Um, Former President Barack Obama, uh, the Clintons, George Soros, um, who's a a billionaire that fucked fuck that guy um fuck them all honestly but they don't deserve a pipe bomb in their mail there's been several others uh robert de niro got one um and i mean all of these were like intercepted uh nothing nothing bad has happened like nobody's been blown up yet oh god that hurts to say uh what's frightening about it is you know the optics of it being of, of of multiple bombs sent to multiple people around the same time, um, and not just you know random people, but like several former presidents, um, and really high profile people who have been the targets of harassment from the current president who is just paradoxically obsessed with blaming things on Hillary Clinton and, and Barack Obama, despite the fact that none of them have any power anymore. And the Republicans have control of every house of government. Uh, the idea that the Democrats are to blame for any of the things that are happening is just patently ludicrous. And um, also just so silly because the Democrats for the last 20, 30 years have like bent over backwards to become basically uh, neoliberal right wing conservatives just as a, uh, with a cover of like mildly accepting of minorities. Uh, and even then, you know, that's fucking debatable. Like both of the political parties in power are like a bunch of fucking shills and losers who don't give a shit about the people that they're supposedly representing. But I don't know. I guess the Republicans have decided that that's, uh, it's better to have an enemy uh, that is a false one than to have an ally that, you know, the, the people of the world of the country can't um, 
uh, 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 demonize and blame for all of the bad things in their lives. There's also the assassination of Jamal Khashoggi, who is a, a, a U.S. citizen who was killed in the uh, Israeli consulate. Is that right? Um, yeah, the Saudi Arabian consulate. Uh, I haven't been keeping close a close eye on this because, you know, there's just so much terrible everything going on in the world. And uh, yeah. Basically, um, uh, he's he's somebody who is critical of the uh, Saudi regime and uh, has written for or had written for, uh, I believe, the Washington Post, a number of critical pieces. And he went abroad and was killed inside the consulate, which is supposed to be the, the of, of, of any place in a foreign country that you go where there are diplomatic relations with the United States. That's like the one place that that shouldn't be happening, right? In the consulate. Uh, so it's hard to believe that that was not something that was sanctioned by the government. And of course, everybody's story has been changing from the uh, Saudi royal family to uh, our president's story. It's not... Great, and it's worth hammering home over and over. This is an American citizen killed in a foreign nation, uh, potentially uh, strangled and uh, dismembered in a foreign consulate um, for criticizing the government of a foreign state. Um, and this is not really the the idea the the idea that this is happening and that it's like a controversy that has no legal teeth involved as of yet is wild. And it's because we sell arms to Saudi Arabia. Uh, that's not, that's horrifying. All of this is horrifying. And I guess that's what I'm here to like commiserate about is that everything is terrible. And I, I'm frightened. I cried myself to sleep last night. Um, I've spent the last week in a uh, kind of a complete panic where I don't know if I'm going crazy. I feel like I'm being paranoid, but I look around and I see a lot of other trans people ringing the same alarm bells that I'm ringing and it's like, well, we're all sort of seeing and feeling the same things. So I guess it's not if it's if it's crazy, it's catching. So this is what all of this signifies to me. The uh, the United States government does not support transgender people or non-binary people. If a trans person is fired uh, from from their job because of their for their gender presentation, uh, they have no legal recourse for retaliation. The um, uh, if if a if a transgender person is attacked, hurt, killed, th the government's not going to push for support of that person. Um, all you know, if 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 somebody is critical of the government and they, I mean, it's not as it's not as though our president now has been. Uh, 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 you know, silent about his disdain for journalism um, and the fact that, like, he thinks that the First Amendment is too free. 
like free speech is too free uh, somehow. And, uh, uh, it's, I'm pretty sure I, I've, I know I've said this in, in previous episodes, but it's like, there comes a point where, you know, blaming immigrants for everything stops being as effective because you've done everything in your power short of, um, just straight up death squads. We've done the rounding up and put in camps thing for sure. There's been a lot of attempts to, um, revoke the citizenship of a lot of naturalized immigrants, um, specifically immigrants from Mexico and from a lot of Middle Eastern countries. Interesting that like we're not hearing as many stories about, you know, Canadians, but, uh, or people from Germany or France or any of those places. I wonder why. Hmm. Hmm. What could it be? It's probably a coincidence. But yeah, we have, you know, Mexican people in actual literal concentration camps. And that's, you know, at this point, there's not much more that can be done that would be optically advantageous. Um, so, okay, who's the next most logical villain to to focus on? And of course, it's transgender people. Um, and I know I've, I talked about this idea of like respectability politics in previous episodes where you have what was once the United LGBT movement. Now the LG and, uh, to some extent the, the B have found a lot more acceptance in the wider culture. Um, you know, now they have some grasp of normalcy and acceptance and they, have license to now feel weirded out by trans people because it's like, Oh, you're just a bunch of fetishists. And, uh, you know, there are strains of quote unquote feminism that criticize the idea of, um, a transgender person transitioning. You know, there are people out there who are convinced that I want to go into a bathroom and molest a person, which is nonsense because I just want to go to the bathroom and I am not like if it, I want to avoid contact with all humans in general, I spend most of my time in my bedroom. When I go into a public bathroom, if there's another person in there, I'll hide, like I'll stay in the stall until everybody leaves, which can get me into trouble sometimes. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I don't want to, I, I, people just want to go to the bathroom like come on but optically you know they're able to say oh these like weird fetishists are coming in with their beards and their what the fuck ever you know trying to to on the one hand you know molest our children in public bathrooms but they're also trying to like undermine biology and say ah oh, there's no men or women and this whole thing is you know, nonsense. And, um, it's all just transgender ideology and these people actually have a mental illness or whatever. Um, and I think it's important to remember, uh, in this sort of debate where, uh, some in the, the LGB section of the LGBT community, and I recognize that I'm leaving out the QIA and various others. Uh, I just leave, I, I, it's just shorter to say LGBT and I apologize for the exclusion. I'm problematic and terrible and uh, you should disown me and I disown myself. But the thing about it is that as we tear ourselves apart and as trans, trans people are critical of their own, um, 
you know, for as we're critical of Natalie Wynn of ContraPoints for, um, you know, not being completely happy in her life right now and um, making videos that uh, explore like the complicated relationship we have with uh, gender norms and how that's not always a good thing. But we're also, you know, trapped and that there are like practical applications and like things that we have to consider, despite the fact that, you know, it's painful and unfair. You know, it's good to be critical and like engage with this and have a conversation, but, you know, disowning people for these sorts of things is not good. Now, if somebody straight up says, hey, guess what? Immigrants are bad and I hate them. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're transgender. That person's an asshole and you shouldn't listen to a word they have to say. But that's not Natalie. That's not most trans women on the Internet that I know of. Uh, that's just it's a complicated conversation and we should be allowed to have it. Right. But as we're tearing ourselves apart in the LGBTQ community. Like the rest of the world doesn't give a shit. Like the, the the thing is, if 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 the LGB part of the a part of the, the community successfully severs the T, right? That's not gonna take away the fact that the vice president of the United States believes that conversion therapy is good and works, and that like gay people are a slight against God and it's not going to change the fact that many people, many of the politicians in power right now feel the same way and they only nominally accept uh, LGBT rights because it became a, to a hot topic for, for voters and they felt like they had to before um, the current sort of wave of uh, fascist signification and, and identification Um where suddenly people had the permission to be bigoted because bigotry is in right now. So if gay people disavow transgender people and they say, no, I'm on the side of the normies, I guess. I don't fucking know how, how you would put that. Um, cool. Like the fascists are going to say, great. Awesome. Thanks for doing our job for us. Now it's your turn to get in the camp. Like there's, there's no, there's no end to that story that is good. They, uh, I'm starting to feel it again, this panic. like So we're at a point where there have been six, maybe seven pipe bombs sent to uh, uh, prominent public figures on, on the side of the Democrats that uh, 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 our president and various other Republican mouthpieces have criticized um, unhealthily so, like obsessed over. Um, th 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 even as our president like disavows this and says, oh, it's a terrible thing. Like to me, it's, it's, it's the sort of thing that publicly optically it's, it's saying, Hey, remember pipe bombs? Remember mail bombs? Those are a thing. Um, how long until somebody because this is this was this was clearly an optical move nobody's going to send a mail bomb to a former president and expect that bomb to actually go off uh, their their mail is gone through by the secret service um mail in general is uh 
is is sorted and scanned and this all of this stuff and uh um that's how these things have been found so far but it's not impossible for it to be you know to go through but it's like for people who are under this kind of scrutiny and protection um that's not going to go through but what it is going to go what it is going to do is become public and become a headline be like oh somebody tried to assassinate these people which regardless of what the current administration says about that um for people who do believe that like all of the resistance and all of the problems in the states is manufactured by Soros and and Clinton and uh, Obama this is a symbol that like, oh, okay, so this is where we're at. We're at the point of violent resistance. We're at the point of uh, doing doing some fucking terrorism. You know, they see a, a Kish, they see Khashoggi's assassination, and they're like, oh, okay, so uh, U- U.S. government doesn't necessarily hate the idea of uh, killing journalists and revoking their ability to be critical of governments. Uh, 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 intergovernment relations with, with for arms deals and oil rights are more important than the lives of people and the freedom of the press. Again, all of this is just dog whistles to people who are like paying attention to this and say, "Oh, maybe it's time. Maybe I should do this." And are they are they gonna are they gonna uh, successfully assassinate a former president? Probably not, but. Maybe they realize, oh, well, I can't send a pipe bomb to Obama, but I can send a pipe bomb to local trans person or, you know, Internet person, uh, Internet trans person who has been doxxed. You know, I know I know their name um, because they've been doxxed and I can find their address and I can send them a pipe bomb and maybe it gets caught. Maybe it doesn't. That's, you know, the point isn't whether or not they get killed. It's just the fact of the thing happening. It's a, it's an optics game. It's meant to terrorize us. It's meant to make us feel afraid to check our mail, to step out of the door, to, to be public in any way, to exist. The idea is to, to make us be afraid to exist in public. And, um, so the New York times piece that uncovered the uh, DHS memo, the headline is that the uh, Trump administration wants to, uh, 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 what, what is it? Define transgender out of existence. And I really dislike that language. And I wish I'd said something, uh, in yesterday's episode about it, which is that transgender people have existed since there have been people. This is not new. What's new is that we have the language to describe it, and even that isn't really that new. Cultures have had all kinds of different reactions to transgender people over the centuries that we've been, uh, w- w- that we've been, and no amount of legal definition is going to make trans people cease to exist. All it's all it's accomplishing is terror. It, it, it's it's just it's just violence. It's just repression. It's just the norms of our society trying violently to reinforce themselves. And in this way, like they can never win. The people who want us to disappear can never win because even if somehow they're able to track down every single trans person and, and kill them, you know, kill us, trans people are still going to be born every day. And there's just, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no point at which, you 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 successfully eradicate uh, transgender people 
but that's pretty cold comfort for us right now, isn't it? That's not, you know, that's not, uh, that's that, 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 that doesn't remove the stress of wondering, am I, am I going to have a pipe bomb sent to me? Am I going to be walking down the street and be assaulted, um, for, for wearing lipstick? Um, am I going to be fired from my job for, for, for asking to be called Sarah? Am I, am I going to be unpersoned for doing the one thing in my life that has been objectively truly good for my health? You know, I'm not, I'm not a target right now. I probably won't be. It's, it's scary knowing that, you know, it could happen. It's the doubt. It's the fear. Um, I was talking to my friend Molly about this, where the last couple of days walking around campus to class, I've just had this background thought of like, you know, today seems like a day where there would be um, a shooter on campus that somebody would bring an AR-15 and and shoot the place up. And this is like a fact of living in America. And I don't think that we recognize that as often as we should, because like that's psychically stressful. This, this like fear, this presence of a potential murder, a, a potential act of unconscionable violence that is without logic or direction that, you know, something could just happen and suddenly I'd be dead or maimed or hurt, permanently scarred. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily at risk of this, or I'm not as at much at risk. Um, every, every day that I, I put myself out there, um, and as my online profile does, you know, get bigger, um, I, I I put myself more at risk. And I've always known that. I've talked about that on this podcast, that like the whole point is to make myself visible because, you know, I, I want more trans people and non-binary people to like discover themselves and feel comfortable being who they actually are or who they want to be because... You know, diverse representation is good, and it and it helps. But I, I know that every trans person in this country right now who's even who has a, a modicum of awareness is seeing this and feeling the exact same fear of like it's probably not going to be me, but it it could be. There's a non-zero chance that it could be. There's a non-zero chance that some fucking cheeky asshole is going to feel emboldened by what's going on. You know, uh, they feel frustrated that the economy isn't working for them, that their job isn't doing what it needs to do, that their life sucks. But, you know, people are ranting about identity politics all over the place. Uh, and you know, they see a transgender person and they're like, you, you're the problem. Uh, there, there's a there's there's a non-zero chance that that person is going to feel emboldened in a way that they wouldn't have done before to say shit to me or do shit to me or to any other trans person. And the psychic stress of that is real. It is violence. 
it's not a potential for violence. It is violence. And this is something that I think people struggle with sometimes, this idea of non-physical violence. Because it's 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 not somebody actually literally attacking you yet. It's it's the threat that it's possible and that it might be supported. And of course, black people in this country have had to deal with that for for centuries now. And you know, that's there's a lot of research that shows that the the lifespans of black people in this country are shorter in general because of this the constant stress and all of these sociological factors that are keeping them from getting the from finding the success that they they ought to as as you know people it weighs on you this all of this like it, it it's present it's close it's standing right behind you and every time you try to turn around and see it it disappears you you're constantly questioning yourself like am i going crazy am i being sensational is this like is this it, 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 it I, I mean you know i don't know i don't i'm i just i just want to live this is the first time in my life when i've felt good about myself and my place in this world, you know, I have something to live for and I want to live and I want to be Sarah. I want to be myself. I, I want to contribute. Like I, I, I want to make art that people like, you know, I, I want to, I want to buy shit. I want to be part of this fucking terrible economy that we have, you know, like I'm a good capitalist. I'm not, I, I'm not, but I do the behaviors of one. But that doesn't matter. Like it's it's such a superficial thing, and yet it's it's my identity is made a political tool. My supposed allies are saying, "Don't take the bait. This is, you know, it's a distraction from from the real issue of the midterm elections." <laughs> my allies, my supposed allies, the people who are supposed to be advocating for my interests in the public sphere. Are, are calling the concerns for my safety a distraction, a bait, which, <laughs> you know, is, is an implication that trans people are traps, right? Unintentionally, it sort of ties into an age-old uh, uh, transgender stereotype that we are, uh, that, that, that we're lying and that we're traps. And, you know, I can, I can, I can stand up for myself. I can, I can put on makeup and wear my preferred clothes and go out and say, fuck you, I'm me. Um, but how many young questioning people are there in middle school and high school who see the environment now and internalize the fact that they, they shouldn't exist? That this world would would rather they be dead i don't i don't know what to do about any of this i feel 
terrified and I feel helpless. I feel powerless. You know, you, you, you protest, you vote, you do what you can, but it, it still doesn't do anything. You know, these people are fucking fascists and it just, it feels like I'm strapped to a chair in front of a, a fucking slow motion car wreck and I see it coming from a million miles away and I'm just shouting, turn left, turn right, do literally anything but just plow forward and yet they keep plowing forward and it just, it just keeps happening. It just feels inevitable. I feel so sick, so tired. And what hurts is that it was easier before I came out because I didn't, I didn't give a shit about myself. I didn't want to live, you know, and, and, and it would, I, I, I would, I would have reacted to all of this with like outrage, but then I could have moved on. Uh, I could have, I could have gone about my life. Right. And that's problematic and terrible. But like, I wouldn't feel like I've got a gun pointed at my head every hour of every day. That my friends have a gun pointed at their head. That 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 we could be weeks or months or years away from something something awful happening as a result of all of this it's like i finally want to have a future and it's at a time when it doesn't feel like there can be one you know we have what is it 12 years to reverse um to, to make changes to lower our carbon emissions before global climate change is beyond the point of no return. And it doesn't fucking matter. There's no, the, our, our government won't put forward any regulations that keep our, our, the, the corporations that, that are causing all of the carbon emissions from, from happening. Like it's, you know, the only thing that happened is like, you know, recycle, uh, take shorter showers, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't water your lawn all the time. Um, let's get rid of straws. Those are tiny microscopic drops in the bucket compared to, com- compared to everything else that's going on. And like, our, our people in our government are like, no, climate change isn't real because they're all fucking old. They're going to be dead before this affects them. And they're going to leave us with a world to inherit that's dying. It feels like in order to have any kind of real future, a miracle would need to happen. Like we need, we need the blue wave to hit right in, in the midterms and we need the Mueller investigation to to 
bring a baseball bat to this administration and we need to elect a, a, a truly actually honest to God progressive candidate in 2020. And we need everybody in the government to finally say, yes, we need to do something about climate change and we need to do something about <clears throat> economic inequality and crumbling infrastructure and all of these, these issues. We need to do something about giving people health care, giving, giving transgender people the ability to, 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 to just live, live their own fucking lives. And it's easier for people to, to turn to fascism because the real solution to the problem is boring and it involves taxation and regulation and, you know, laws and, and, and small actions and big actions but it's there's nobody there's nobody to villainize I guess besides faceless corporations <laughs> and it's easy to turn that to like you know fucking opportunistic pundits saying ah the government wants to tax you and take away all of your money and all for this climate hoax and it's like the vast majority of people are not gonna gonna face heavy taxation fucking put a 90% tax on Jeff Be Bezos and every other billionaire in this country and they will fucking still have more money than any human being could use for for literally anything. And these people did not earn the money that they have. They are not sitting on a bed of wealth that you know they they worked hard as individuals. Jeff Bezos argue like he he invented the idea of shopping but on the internet, who the fuck cares? Like that's that's not that's not a thing that that you should. <sighs> How on earth do you turn this around? So okay, I'm not gonna end it here. <sighs> here are my final words on this, though. Don't feel bad for feeling terrified. You don't have to talk yourself down from this ledge 100% of the time. The fact is, it is scary. And it's doubly so because it seems like a lot of people are not listening. You know, the, the, it doesn't affect them. So we are just a distraction and we're sensationalizing. When in reality, we're the canaries in the coal mine. You know, we have to die before they pay attention and they realize what the problem is. <laughs> Ugh. Your, your stress, your terror is legitimate. And it's important to recognize it because it's real. It's awful. I, like I said, I feel powerless. I'm going to be going to a, a protest next weekend. Um, and I'm... I'm going to try to do more, but I don't have any realistic hope that it's going to, going to do much in the grand scheme of things. But this is what you need to do. You need to live with it for a minute. You know, you need to let it in. You need to say, I feel terror because things are terrifying. And there is this pressure, there is this presence 
specter of violence. It's real. It's real for my friends. It's, it's here and it's happening and I'm not crazy. I need to live with it and accept it and feel it for a little while. And then you need to take a deep, calming breath and you need to swallow it. Swallow that terror. Ultimately, regardless of what realistically can happen, we have to live. We have to do what we can to help each other. So here's, here's my tentative plan. I'm going to start getting more involved with the local LGBT community to try to support more, more organizations, more people be more vocal. Um, my, my videos, uh, which are media analysis, um, I'm going to be public about being transgender and tie that into everything that I can because being public, being visible is important. Um, I actually put on makeup and, and wore my wig to class the other day, uh, which was stressful and terrifying, but nothing happened and I felt good after. And it's the thing is that I want to be visible. I want people to see me and, and I, I, I want to be the kind of person who can help in some way, you know, that to somebody in the closet or somebody on the, on the verge of transitioning feel like they can do it. I can't fight climate change. I can't stop somebody from sending me or one of my friends or somebody that I admire a pipe bomb. But I can talk to a local friend or a local trans person that I'm not friends with yet. And I can say, you know, I'm here. You're here. We're alive together. We are not alone. We're, we're together. We're in this together. And... You know, we can provide spaces for people to live. We can help people eat when they need to eat, pay bills when they need to pay bills. We have to support each other on a community level. Just for all the energy that one might put into like national politics and, and these larger, tremendous, insurmountable issues, if we as individuals are exhausted and terrified and terrorized psychologically, emotionally, sometimes physically, we're not doing anybody any good. And it shouldn't be our job, right? It shouldn't be our job to, 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 to be in this position of like advocating for ourselves and, you know, being the people who are providing the, the support that uh, a, a reasonable government in the 21st century and the richest country on earth uh, uh, ought to be, ought to do. But this is the world that we live in and we have to, to, to take, we have to take it for what it is and we have to do the best that we can because ultimately this is, this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to intimidate us out of the public sphere. Hypothetically, they're trying to intimidate us out of existence, which is impossible, but giving in is giving them what they want. And there are lots of other people in this country who are facing the same thing. We need to, we need to find solidarity with 
with immigrants, with black people, with women, with every marginalized group that is reasonably the subject of ire from the current administration, um, from the Republican Party in general, and, you know, just the, the, the system in general. Like, it's, it's all bad. We have to support each other. We have to connect each other because the, the more connected we are, the more friends we have, the harder it'll be to, to knock us all down. When we're all supporting each other, you know, it's the, it's the classic, uh, the, 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 the classic, and it's unfortunate that this is a fascist thing, uh, but the, the fasci, which are, you know, um, basically sticks, you know, you hold one and you, you can break it, but if you hold six together or whatever, you can't just like bend it in the same way. Um, that was a thing that the fascists used, but it's, I mean, any group can use that. Like that's, that's a pretty powerful metaphor. It's harder to break you when you have friends supporting you and then you are supporting your friends. What good will it do in the long run? I don't fucking know. But what's ultimately what what does that matter? Again, regardless, we have to live. And the thing is that the world is not ending. I think I said this in the previous episode, but the world isn't ending. It's getting worse. It's getting scarier and deadlier. Bad things are happening and bad things are going to continue to happen. But it's not ending. And it's not going to end. There's, life is going to persist, um, albeit in a way that's radically different from how it has persisted for living memory. So we have to live towards that future. We have to do everything we can to swallow this terror and say, all right, if this is what you want, I'm going to make sure you can't get it. You know, I'm, I'm afraid for my physical safety, but I'm more afraid for the physical safety of my friends and the people like me out there who aren't in the same position that I am. And, I'm afraid of pain. I feel like a coward. Um, but I won't I won't let something happen to somebody. I'll put myself between them and and the aggressor if I have to. And I I will have to. And that's scary. But we have to fight for each other. We have to fight with each other against against the forces that would want us to disappear. It's easy to feel like this is inevitable because, you know, I like I've studied um, the rise of Italian fascism in Italy, and I see quite a few parallels here in the States. But history isn't deterministic. We say, you know, those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. It's bullshit. History doesn't repeat. There are patterns and systems which justify and create the conditions for certain behaviors, certain events. We're living in a time when we're seeing fascism grow more and more popular all over the world. It's scary. You know, I'm, I'm thinking all the time about, you know, is it time for me to get the fuck out of the country? 
you know, I graduate in December. I don't have much of a plan. Maybe it would be a good idea to GTFO. Um, and that's unfair. You know, I wouldn't be able to support the people that I ought to in my community. And kind of, you know, you know, maybe that goes against everything that I just said. Maybe that does make me a coward. But, you know, I'm not going to have that conversation today. Uh, this has already gone on longer than I wanted it to. But it's easy that, you know, it feels like there's nowhere to go because it's happening everywhere. You know, we're seeing we're seeing this happen all over the world, but it is not inevitable. It is not written in stone. We cannot live our lives as if the future has been decided for us. Otherwise, we're already dead. There's no music in this episode. I'm not going to plug any of my stuff. I just, I needed to get this out there. I needed to work through my own feelings. I hope this helped. I don't know if it did. I don't know if it helped me. The last thing that I'll say, I know I said this already, uh, talk to a friend about a shared interest. Talk about movies. Talk about video games. Talk about comics. Talk about sports. Talk about the weather. I don't fucking know. Are you an amateur meteorologist? Are you friends with one? You know? Talk to people about something that you enjoy. There's no shame in escaping for a bit, getting away from this constant terror and just enjoying a good conversation with a friend about something relatively harmless. Even if that's like talking about Marxist theory. So when you're inundated with all of this bad news and all of this, you know, potential violence and like revoking of rights, you know, like I said, you, f- you feel this pressure and you're just like constantly terrified and it's easy to forget what you're living for. And part of this resistance is maintaining, maintaining your interests because it's not frivolous. Entertainment isn't frivolous. It's, it's, it's part of being human. And if they want to take our humanity away then we have to maintain it. So keep watching movies, keep playing video games, keep having opinions about them, keep sharing those opinions. Support trans people, support your local uh, uh, good LGBTQ uh, organizations. Um, Find a local meetup. If there isn't one, make one. Vote. Do everything you can. Go out, canvas, call your reps. Do what you can. Do both. Be angry, but have something to live for. Enjoy life and be furious that they're trying to impinge on your right to enjoy your life. And that's the thing. That's the thing. The goal of terror isn't just to make you feel invisible. It is to remove you effectively from all aspects of what we consider normal life. And that includes media discourse, right? That includes all of our interests. So don't let them take those things away from you. Don't let them kill what you love. Well, thank you for listening. Um, 
next week's episode is not going to be about this unless <laughs> more terrible things have happened, in which case, I don't know, maybe it will be. Um, but I, I should have an interview episode up by then. Um, we'll see. I hope that you got something out of this and that you feel maybe a little bit less alone and a little less paranoid. I don't know. Um, stay safe. Do what you can. Take the weekend off. Play a fucking video game. Watch a, watch a dumb movie. There's a new Halloween in theaters. Go watch it. You've earned a rest. Recharge. Take, take a break from all of this evil. And then come back with the strength and, and the reason to, to fight back. <laughs>